0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is Kyler Murray still an elite dynasty quarterback? We'll find out on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners at RotoViz. We're going to talk about a player tonight that Curtis shot out a poll on or about him on Twitter and got some really interesting results. I'm back home. We got the good quality on the mic. I'm gearing up here, ready to go. go. How are you doing, Curtis?
2: There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm kind of locked in, down in, in about every area uh, right now. Home, we've got. Listen, we've got the oldest. It has Ohio Champions League uh, soccer uh, end of the year tournament uh, this weekend. We're ready to go, man. We're gonna, nice. we're gonna win the division. We're it, they're <sighs> they're bringing home the trophy. We're gonna get honored at Columbus Crew Stadium. It's gonna happen. We're Coach Curtis is willing this team. Nice. <laughs> <top>. <laughs> uh uh, across the threshold uh, to victory, the youngest um, coach pitch listen man, this team was bad news bears they got <laughs> they 're an expansion team of six and seven year olds yeah they got run ruled in our first game, yep, then had a final inning rally to lose by one in the second game, then won by one in the third game, and then run ruled the opponent in the fourth game, so wow, they are on the come. And I am just coaching. My life is coaching seven days a week right now. And I I love it, man. I love all the time with the kiddos. And when I'm not at a diamond or on a pitch, I'm in two dynasty startups right now. And so I love this topic of debating, you know, the relative eliteness of Kyler Murray, because I've been faced with this dilemma, you know, recently in the early rounds of these startups, I've got one startup, you know, the Kings classic league that, uh takes place in Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame every year that I'm a multi-time champion of. There is now a dynasty league invite of that. And so I'm I'm representing Rudoviz uh, in that draft and doing quite well. But then I'm I'm in a Rodoviz Triflex startup Dave over on FFPC, oh, wow. one of our leagues that we created and and I've got a nice team there too, which I did draft Kyler Murray in. So I'm I'm curious to see, man. I want to frame this up and, and let everyone know what the community thinks or doesn't think or isn't right. sure about first. And then my hope was that using the advanced uh, stats and, you know, some, some of our other uh, insights here from the team that, that we can put this debate to rest. So I thought that, you know, most of the polls I put up and they get, you know, 1500 votes or something, whoever's online that day, you know, throws their hat in the ring with an opinion. Evidently, Kyler, Kyler Murray, everyone wants to know what's going on there. But the, the poll was very simple. Kyler Murray is still an elite dynasty QB, true or false. It it ended up with 7,500 votes, Dave, and it was 50.9% to 49.1%. Wow. I mean, it, 51, <laughs> 51 to 49 if you're around. I mean, completely split down the middle. And I, I mean, so people just don't, they don't know what to think. Right. And I think we got to look at his profile, think about his situation, think about the injury. We got to get into this, but man, you know, before, before we even review that, like, and then I know you've done some research and prep for the show, but before you did that research, where, where were you on this? Is Kyler Murray still in a lead dynasty QB?
1: Before I got into this, it took me a long time and I'm not sure that I ever actually came to a decision But I would say that when I was on the fence, I was closer to saying that he was no longer an elite dynasty quarterback.
2: Yeah, it's tough. And, like, kind of what goes into that is, you know, the availability. There's just so much, uh, like, on this player because, you know, he's had the injury now. You know, there was this stuff about, you know, how dedicated is he to football? He plays video games too much. We're going to put all these protection clauses in his contract about how much he has to study. And if his eyes aren't actually focused on the iPad, it doesn't count as study time, like mm-hmm. just weird stuff. And it's like, you know, he, he was playing, you know, he was a good baseball player coming out. And so it's like, even as he was drafted is would it would he ever go to the major league baseball? I mean, is he really committed as a quarterback? Just a weird player. Like when you really sit down and think about it, one of the weirder profiles in fantasy over the past couple of years. But I mean, when he's been out there, he's been an elite producer, you know, right, right from the jump in his rookie year, Dave, he was QB nine in his rookie year and total scoring 326 PPR and year two, he put up 424 PPR. I mean, very, that's rare air, man. He was QB four that year. And, uh, you know, that's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen territory, Jalen Hurts territory, definitely elite territory. Then, you you know, you miss some games in 2021. He was kind of on that same pace again, though. You know, he was was careening towards a 400-ish point fantasy year 2021. And then you get the ACL last year. The team looks awful. Will DeAndre Hopkins be there or not? You know, we get the pew-pew man and Jonathan Gannon in town, What's this, gonna what's this going to look like now? So, you know, I'm, I'm very interested cause I'm y- your answer is exactly what the community felt like. You know, I, I don't really know. Maybe leaning towards no, don't have a strong feeling, but listen, if you don't have a strong feeling that a player's elite by definition, he's not elite. Right. I think like the answer lies within um, the uncertainty. So we've got to put this to rest, man. So what did you find in the advanced analytics? And I'll give you my take and how, and how I've been playing this in the startups and, you know, hopefully we can land on a good recommendation with some conviction one way or another for the listeners.
1: All right. So I made some use of the Rotoviz tools. The first thing I wanted to look at was, and keep in mind, we only have four years of Kyler Murray. His career started in 2019 uh, which is which is nice because it aligns with the data that I have available in the Advanced Stats Explorer. So I wanted to see if there was anything that I could see in his profile that looks drastically different than it did since he was a rookie back in 2019. Uh, you see his catchable pass percentage going up year over year, on target percentage going up year over year. Um, is uh, is average depth of target fairly steady, Attempts per touchdown every season have been between 21 and 28 similar pressures per sack, similar sack rate, Uh, nothing that really stands out as there being large shifts. The next thing I looked at, Curtis, was in my mind, I have a somewhat negative recency bias, and I was wondering why that was, and it really just stems from the injury. Because his 2022 was really, really good to the point that I didn't remember how good it was. Because if you look at his rank in terms of points per, uh, like his point per game rank, he only comes in 10. But he was a QB1 73% of the time. That actually goes up if you remove that game against New England that he went out. So he actually, in 10 games, he he barely barely played. played. In 10 games, Uh, He was a QB one in eight of those weeks. Now, if you look across his career, he has been a QB one in just a little bit above 60% of games. That is a very good place to be. On top of that, last year, he was at 21 points per game. So that negative recency bias that I may have had was really all driven from that ACL Knee injury. Now, of course, for a player like Murray, that is more relevant than it might be for somebody like Kirk Cousins, right? So we did look a little bit at the rushing, but I did want to say one of the things that I think others might look at and have a sense of why they haven't been feeling that Murray has really hit the potential that they thought he could have is back in the 2020 season. He had seven games where he went for 30 or more points only had three of such games in 2021 and in 2022, in those 11 games never went for more than 30 points. So you haven't seen those massive explosion type games for Murray as often as you have since his second year in the league. Uh, also if you look at his, some of his rankings last year, uh, he was seven in rush yards, everything else he was, you know, closer to around 20. Uh, So that helps you kind of understand why there's, you know, this lack of consensus out there when you look at some of those things. And then finally, if you look at his rushing production um, as a rookie, he had four rushing touchdowns in that 2020 campaign had 11, five in 2021. And still three in 2022, had he played the whole year, would have come out with somewhere around four and a half touchdowns. And his touchdowns per attempt in 2022 were at the highest of his career with 22 attempts to every rushing touchdown. But he was just 17 the year prior, 23 as a rookie in 2020. That special year was at 12 uh, rushing attempts to every touchdown. But my takeaway from this is, the Kyler Murray that we've seen has been solid throughout his entire career. So, what you're really asking yourself is with what he has done in his career, is this the type of production that now is elite in that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts type of tier? And do we think it can sustain itself when he does return? For a player of, of Murray's age, with just four years, whatever you might miss in the beginning of this year, I don't think that I have to ding him too much for that. I don't know how much I love that team situation right now in comparison to some of these other top-level guys. My conclusion is that though I was impressed by this, I'm not sure that he gets into the conversation with those truly elite players, despite how solid that was, because I think some of it comes back to It does not feel like we're going to be approximating those huge explosive weeks like we've come to know from guys like Hertz, you know, last year rushing for three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, I think, (laughs) punching in a two point conversion. Uh, And that's where some of that separation comes. I still think you're going to see some effectiveness as a rusher, but it doesn't seem like we're going to see the repeat from him that we saw in 2020. And I'm not sure that the passing numbers are going to be able to account for that Delta
2: yeah. I, I mean, that's a really thorough breakdown and and perhaps, I mean, part of the problem with this poll, you know, is I didn't define elite, right. You know, is it elite production? You know, when I say dynasty, you're almost kind of more thinking value. Like, you know, is this, is, is he worth the same as those other QBs? And I, I mean, no one is going to make the argument that Kyler is there with Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts. I mean, the surrounding cast for guy, those guys are different. The team situation is different, and and the relative heights that they've achieved in terms of the fantasy production is just slightly above even Kyler's best year to date. But I think behind those three, you know, if if Kyler returns to form, there's some room here. Yeah, you know, he's he's in his mid twenties, and we see Joe Burrow going QB four. Now Burrow adds a little bit on the ground, but he's not. You know he's not in the situation of the, you know the the rest of those guys, and he's also not passing for the same number of touchdowns or yards as Mahomes. Like Burrow's upside would be reaching a Mahomes like production profile. Yeah, Murray's upside is reaching an Allen or Hurts type production profile. And I mean, I don't I don't know. It can it depends? I guess on whether you think Joe Burrow can get there. I mean, Kyler Murray's shown us way more as a passer than we've seen from Justin Fields. Sure. While showing, you know, 80% of the level of rushing ability. And Kyler's head and shoulders above anything that we've seen from Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert in fantasy. So that really leaves, you know, Lamar Jackson, who had the, the contract issues and some injuries of his own. You know, I think my, my question is, can he be valued again as one of those QBs that comes off the board before a positional player in in super flex startups? So that's how that's how for this exercise, this podcast and my clarifying statement to the poll would be should, you know, can Kyler Murray in 2024 startups, could you see him going above Bijan Robinson or Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, whichever that first positional player would be? Can he get back to those heights? Because if he can, he's one of the biggest values in Dynasty startups right now. I mean, you're you're you know, you got so much equity by waiting till the late second to to draft him. And so that that's how I would phrase it up. Not can he get to Mahomes, Allen, or Hertz level heights, but based off of your research, do you see yourself being able to value him above the non-QB1 in startups next year? Does your answer change or is it the same?
1: I think that my answer does change a little bit. And I would say it like this, and this still might not help. I would say okay. that I think if we simulate things however many times we do it in 50% of the simulations, I see him getting back to that range and 50%. I don't that might, but, (laughs) but, but, but I think that Uh, as a result of the fact that I'm splitting that down the middle, that does give enough upside that it speaks to him being Mm -hmm. undervalued, right? Because we're not actually in this binary type of situation where you have to have it. The practical application here is if you're drafting, I think you should be drafting Murray right now,
2: So on that, I want to, I can use our dynasty ADP tools. You know, we were just talking about Joe Burrow. We had a very similar situation with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow tore his ACL and MCL in like week 14 or something like that. Or maybe it was like week 10. It was early. It was maybe a little bit earlier in the season um, as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And, and what we saw happen after that, you know, the next startup season is, you know, Burrow's ADP was hanging out about fourteen or fifteen. he was a second round pick. He's coming off the a c l what's gonna happen and you know he comes back he obviously lights things on fire um and you know during that twenty twenty one season after his return and in twenty twenty two his startup a d p you know settled in nicely around fifth overall and he's at fourth overall this year you know so if if Murray comes back and looks healthy and, and shows us what he had shown us before, he is going to spike right back there. So, and we don't really have to project too much because he's shown us that production on teams that weren't very good. Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury was his coach. As he came into the league, the Cardinals have never been good since Murray's been here and he, and he's given us that uh, production. So this thought that Jonathan Gannon somehow hurts um, Kyler Murray, because, you know, he's a, he's a goober and, you know, maybe didn't deserve uh, that shot because, you know, he's riding the coattails of Sirianni and hurts and, you know, the things that happened in Philadelphia, he can't really be worse than Kingsbury, can he? I mean, so I, I'm not sure that we should, you know, double ding yeah Murray yeah. for coaching because he's never had good coaching. So th- I'm, I'm choosing to view this as we have in a mid twenties, Recently and i guess mostly elite qu- fantasy quarterback who had a knee injury, and you know how do how do we take it forward so the most recent uh, the most recent situation with that is you know we had Burrow who was thought to be elite, he got injured, his adp suffered, he returned to form his adp w- then actually spiked higher than it was before um the injury and so if you play it that way with Murray. You know, there's a lot of roster equity to be made. If you're wrong on Murray, I think because of the draft capital and what he has shown, like let's say he comes back, he only gets half a season this year, the Cardinals move on, they draft Caleb Williams number one overall in 2024, and Kyler's like on a new team. I mean, Kyler's not going to go, if he's healthy, he's going to get a second opportunity, Sure, right? Baker Mayfield is now on his third starting Opportunity. Jared Goff got traded, has now started multiple years for another team. I mean, if you if you produce at a level like Kyler has produced, you're gonna get another shot. So even if you're wrong and he doesn't get back to the elite level right away, you know, he loses a little bit of value, but then he has a chance to regain the value again. So I I feel like this is a downside insulated gamble for a player that changes the complexion of your team if he does return to form. Right. You know you're, you're it's a, you know you, you draft you you draw the 105 and you take Jefferson or Chase and then at the 207, 208 or something you take Murray. Yep. You know fast forward a year and all of a sudden you had two top 6 dynasty picks on your team. So just from a high level strategy that's kind of how I'm playing it. I did play it that way uh, in this FFPC Triflex startup uh, that I'm in. I've been trading a ton in this startup and I actually ended up trading up with my 24 first to go get Murray uh, because this is where I, I had landed. And the type of start that you can get if you're willing to to pay up to make the extra pick in the second round instead of just simply spending your pick yep. on Kyler Murray, you know, it makes it pretty interesting. So I'm pulling up the roster right now and I'm actually on the clock. Maybe you can help me with this pick, but I drew the 106. I traded back from the 106. I drafted Bijan Robinson at 112, Ceedee Lamb at one. and then I traded up to 28 and took Kyler Murray. So started with you know a potential over overall number one type of player at three of the four positions, and then Dave in the in the late third, I took Travis Kelsey. So now you've got a big time anchor at every single position. Uh, it's it, beauty's in the beholder, though. I mean, this this could burn me, but again, yep. I feel like there's bailout opportunities, particularly in super flex, where you got to start. You know, twenty four QBs are going to start every week anyway. A lot would have to happen for Murray to not be a top twenty four QB. I mean, he he basically have to never. I guess you know it, it would have to be that one percent outcome that he just doesn't ever really get back to playing quarterback. Right. Like the he, he gets into a Michael Thomas situation where he just can't play yeah uh, so so yeah, so strategically, I mean, I guess I'm saying every every time we've seen Kyler healthy on the field, he has been a high end q b one. i'm leaning I'm leaning back to thinking he can get there again,
1: yeah. and then the final thing I would just elaborate with here, which you've kind of mentioned, is even if he doesn't get back there, he's still going to be a serviceable quarterback in super flex leagues and the overwhelming majority of outcomes. And I would say, you know, even serve, you know, the, the serviceable would be on the lower range of that. Like, I think if he doesn't get back to being one of these even fringe elite type of guys, you still see him being somewhere average to perhaps better than average. Yeah.
2: And you know, I think the other thing you can do is, is do like a comparison analysis, like, you know, player to player to player, like the other players that are the candidates to become the QB four, like who could usurp Burrow right. and Herbert above those positional players. So you'd look at Justin Fields. Okay. He rushed for a thousand yards. He has to develop a lot as a passer to have year over year repeatability of his fantasy production. Yeah, the, and the bears yep. went out and got, Players and you and I like Fields. You know we think he's going to succeed, but he he has not actually shown us the balanced skill set that he would need to develop to be considered a, a QB that will routinely be drafted over. You know the rock solid profile of one of those wide receiver ones. For
1: sure. Yep.
2: Um, Lamar Jackson will have to prove his health now, unfortunately, because he's got multiple years where he's been derailed and and actually has shown some uh, longer stretches of play where he actually did not produce. As an elite player to the degree that that Kyler did, there's actually, and you could argue that there are more questions about Lamar getting back there. Even though you know he's been tantalizing, right. it's been longer since he produced at that level than it was for Kyler. And then with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's going ahead of Kyler. You know that's a pretty big leap, man. That is, and, a big and I'm leap. a Browns fan. That's a pretty big leap. Like he's yep. going handily above. Kyler Murray and startups like a half round consistently in these high stakes startups. Right.
1: So that assumes he, he looked that bad there's a in big, games, big man. rebound.
2: Yeah. He, he looked bad in six games. Yep. And you know, I, I think, you know, the, the talent probably doesn't lie. You know, you got the rust knocked off and you know, good players can return to being good, especially when they're young, you know, but if, but if you believe that, if you believe that for Lamar and, and, and Deshaun, I, you know, what's the argument for not believing it with Kyler, I guess. And so right. it's just weird. Like, you know the the drafting community is proving to not be consistent with how it's approaching these questionable profiles. And that's whereas like, you know, Rotoviz dynasty approach of wanting to be in a perennial championship window, of wanting to be aggressive, this is a situation where you can be aggressive.
1: Yeah, and I think that I'm glad we talked about this now because this is a, a nice time of the year to be aware of this just in case other people catch up. I'm not sure that they will, but you know, I think that exercises like this are always helpful to focus on this time of year because odds the, are there, the, you know, Kyler isn't the only player like this.
2: No, the, he, he's not, but the thing that makes it like a little sneakier and un- I guess the the reason that it will probably remain an opportunity for a bit mm-hmm. is oftentimes like those big time dynasty buys are like this guy's gonna break out. It's a year or two wide receiver. Right. It's a you know it's a late season rookie peaking RB. Um, well, Kyler's not rating highly in redraft rankings because he's not expected to play the full season this year.
1: Right. He's like QB nineteen right now in best ball. Yeah. Moment. So so he doesn't
2: have like this best ball momentum. Or and he's not going to have like the FFPC, you know, fantasy pros championship, ADP momentum or main event momentum. You know, he's just kind of hanging out there. And the thing is, is he could give your team a late season boost. Um, oh, yeah. You know, if, you, yep. if you've got, you know, you want to get a a startup where, you know, you make this bet on Kyler and then, you know, you insulate him with some cheaper guys like, You know, maybe you come back and get Geno Smith as your QB two. And then you take a guy like Sam Howell that Sean really likes that could go either way as a bridge or even go super cheap. And like, all right, maybe Matt Stafford's elbow uh, will hold up for the half of the season that Kyler Murray is not playing yet. You know, just wait really late. You know, there's ways that you can scab together a QB room that that allow you to compete. And it's not just a pick to to punt your one. And so that you know that's another reason you know why I why I like it, but it, it that's what's holding his ADP down It's like he's not the quarterback to draft for those teams that for most managers it would be drafting a team thinking I'm going for it to win in year one. He's not the guy that's going to be drafted by the manager trying to trade up and make two first round picks. You know he's he's the guy that most of the time is going to be drafted by you know the team that drafts a ton of rookies and is going to be patient. And I don't think you need to do that. I think you can draft him on a, a win now team that's blended. That's, you know, built to win now and, and, and win forever. So I, yeah, anyway, I, I, I didn't really, this is the value of being in startups too, is it makes you test your rankings. You know, you, you've got to, you, if you're ranking players, if you're ranking players in redraft, you're ranking players in best ball or if you're you're making best ball drafts um you know you it's gonna cause you to reevaluate your rankings and if you're putting ranking sets out there and you're not testing them in real drafts, you know I question the validity because right. you know then then you're just using the rankings as you know a trade value chart, and it's impossible to not just have biases towards the players that you have a lot of exposure to uh, or don't have a lot of exposure to the draft makes you now have the ability to be exposed to all of those players and evaluate all the players fairly. So you no, know, Kyler was not a, a conviction play for me entering this dynasty off season, but you know, being in a couple of these startups recently and and seeing the situation, you know, it's it's making me put my dynasty strategy hat on, which is my favorite hat. And uh, I'm glad we got to cut this up.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Nothing stress tests your rankings or, you you know, the other thing that's that's great, too, about drafting. And even if you're not somebody that's sitting there and actually putting rankings together, you are going to find that there's some players in your mind that you might have thought you kind of grouped similarly. But when you're actually in a draft, you're going to feel so much comfortable or you're going to be so much more excited about going for that guy in a different spot than those other players. And then that also helps to start build a strategy that you might have while you're actually putting these teams together in real drafts. So we had another player that we were potentially going to talk about, but we talked about Kyler enough that I want to save (laughs) this other player for tomorrow night, because I think it's possible too that there might be a lot there are talk about this player is more experienced than Kyler. And I think that the discussion of a player with that type of profile, Uh, will also be a good way to just talk about approaching some of these older players too who maybe have less of a window uh, but still some potential there for a couple of good years so we will be back later in the week and we will talk about that player and you can find out who he is then thank you for listening to the rotoviz fantasy football show Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978 615 9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?